You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. Welcome back to the smartest guys in marketing with your host, Chris Evans in the beautiful Taylor Welch. I wish What's you guys up? could see me. wish That's you could see okay. his face right now. We're excited to be back. We're going to talk about sell, 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 the scam. And our uh, sub headline for this episode is why you've been doing it all wrong and people hate you. Ooh. Not like literally, but you know, you know what I mean? So, why yeah. people think that you're an MLMer. A what? MLMer. Oh, MLMer. Yeah. How to go from being viewed as a, a slimy used car salesman to a thought leader in your marketplace where people want to just give you their money. True. Yeah. It actually happens. Now, we should like just like state real quick that we hate selling. Absolutely abhor it. We think it's the worst. And so if you're in alignment with that, you might be like, well, especially the guys who are like the weathered old school sales guys, you know, they've been around for years and years. They might be like, what in the world are you talking about? Selling is the lifeblood of your business. Well, we have a little bit of a different view today. So we have... Well, sales is the lifeblood of your business. But sales selling is the lifeblood. Of, yes. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Bro, good job. But we do have a little bit of a different view on how it's handled and the process that we take people through to get them to the end result. And that is actually them getting results. So what is the, the difference from what we consider, quote, selling to what the majority of everybody else does? Is that a question for me? That, that is a question for you. Yeah, we're going to do this episode a little different. Chris is going to actually interview me a little bit. And then next week, I'm going to interview him on something. So I think the biggest difference between how we do how we do this facet of our business and how a lot of other people do is the difference between push and pull. You think about um, what's the last thing you were pushed into that you actually enjoyed? I don't. Uh, nothing comes to mind that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> my point, my point exactly. The difference is like when you're pushing someone, you're kind of doing something against their natural instincts or their natural you know, internal barometer. As opposed to when someone feels pulled to something, they're going into something and it, it may feel... It, I'm not saying that when you're pulled to something, everything just works out and you're not scared at all and everything's perfect and hunky-dory. What I'm saying is like the difference between push and pull is when, when someone's pulled, they're pulled by their intrinsic motivation mm-hmm. rather than external pressure. Yeah, There's still pressure with both. If you're making a decision that's potentially life-altering, there's still going to be some pressure, but it's an internal, I've got to do this rather than an external, like I'm being forced into this. Yeah, I think it comes down to people should buy at the end of the day because they want to and they trust you not because you have emotionally manipulated them through some weird like mental hack. You see a lot of people who are like teaching the closer secrets, but really I think the biggest secret of all is not even a secret. It's just like care about people and do the right thing. And yeah. we tell people no sometimes. We feel like it's not the right thing for them. And that's crazy to some people. Yeah, it's about their internal desire leading them to that decision to pull yep. the trigger. So let's talk about the conversation, right? This is obviously it comes down to this you know, we've probably all been in that point where you've been having the conversation with the prospects and it feels like a lot of times it can go off the rails. You know, you might feel a weird vibe from them or vice versa. So how important is it to ask the right questions to make sure they're being led to the right place? And what does that even mean to you? 
Well, yeah, asking the right questions is probably like the biggest deal. It's the most important part because we've all been on calls or even in in real face-to-face situation where the person just talks all the time and it's like, it really feels like you're being sold a car Mm -hmm. or they're just talking about the cool features and benefits. And that's not the goal, especially if you're selling information or you're selling something high value, high price, like services or consulting or coaching or something. You can't just talk the whole time. And so for us and how we do it, you know, most of the call is asking questions because we're genuinely authentically trying to figure out if we can help the person. Mm. And there's no way to just, you know, it does no good if we just get in and talk about how awesome we are, if we can't help the person at the end of the day, it's a waste of time. And then that person kind of leaves feeling like we just kind of, you know, they were in a bragging contest with us. And that doesn't make anybody excited at all. Yeah. So how do you actually get people to buy? Well, one of the things that helps is when you look like I do, you can just turn on the screen share or, you know, the webcam. Yeah, that is not true. People just throw money at us. It's my <laughs> face. It's a money face. The money Cultivated. Face. How do you get people to buy? Was that the question? Yeah. Well, yeah, there are like foundational things that we've talked about, like having a good offer. But I think, can I just break this down? I'll just break it down to like some things that yeah. I've kind Absolutely. of gathered over, over well, just real quick like one thing I, I didn't do at the beginning is just kind of setting this up to where you guys need to understand that taylor is a master salesman and he's led many 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 people to the decision to pull out the credit card to work with us so this is all coming from a multi-million dollar backing of experience in generating revenue for our business on the phone yeah. And teaching so, other people how to do it. And teaching other people, which is the biggest challenge I'd say. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, just want to get that out there first. Thanks, man. It yeah. was nice. I'm going to pull out the snippet. This is the nicest thing I've ever said about you. I'm just going to listen to this on repeat. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think there are five main problems that get in the way of you closing or enrolling clients. And it's nice to, you know, you say that it's also, it's always great to hear good things, but people have to realize like when I started my first sales call, like I didn't have a PayPal account. I didn't know how to get the guy's money. And I, he bought despite of me, this guy named Gary, my first call ever. So Gary, you're listening to this. You were the first. Thanks Gary. Thanks man. And, um, he was like, I'll buy. And then I was like, cool. And it was awkward. And he was like, you know how to get money? Oh my gosh. It was awful. And this really happened. I'm not making this up just to sound cool. It actually actually happened. I ended up paying this guy like 750 bucks to talk to me for 30 minutes about how to close because I had no idea. So I had to learn just like everybody else. I've done you know several thousand phone calls at this point. And uh, I think if, if there are five main things that get in the way of people really being able to, to get credit cards, it will be these five things. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to go through them. And then if you have questions, because if I'm zooming past them, slow me down. The first is just talking too freaking much. Yeah. So like if you get on a call with us, like honestly, 80 to 90% of the time is the, the other person talking. Mm. Um, and it, I think this goes back down to the goal. Like what is the goal for us? It's not to sell anything. It's to understand where the other person is and to find out if we can help them. Right. Right. So you'll hear us asking questions like, well, what, what's the biggest thing that you, you're trying to figure out right now? Because it's not, it's not as important for us to get the credit card as it is to make sure that we're helping that person make the right decision. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally. It's, it's a big difference. And so that would be the first thing. And when I first started taking calls, like, you know, I had a mentor and he listened to some of my calls and he was like, well, this is not the Taylor show. You know, you got to dial back down on like talking about stuff and even talking about the client. Like you got to shut up and let the other person talk. Yep. Part. Would you agree? Totally. So that's number one. 
The second thing, which is a little bit more nuanced, but I think it's important enough that we have to talk about it, is answering the wrong questions. Very, very important. So we have a framework. There are two questions that I ask more than anything else on calls, and I teach my guys and girls to do the same thing. You know what that is? Yep. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Why is that so important? Because most of the time you don't know what the person means. They might not even know what they mean yet. Yeah, they're just talking. And so we had this happen the other day with a client who the person asked something simple. How much time does it take or something? And he just started answering the question. And I was listening to it with him and coaching him through it. And I was like, hey, hold on. How much time does what take? He was like, uh. (laughs) So literally, you have no idea whether you're answering the right question or like she could have meant like how much time does it take to get results? How much time do I need to put in each week? She could have meant, you know, how much time do other clients does it take for them to give? You see, like people are constantly answering the wrong questions because they think they understand without being humble and basic enough to just say, what do you, what do you actually mean by that? Yeah. And if you answer the wrong question, people will not buy because they'll feel like you just ignore them and you didn't take care of them. You know? Yeah. It'll derail the whole path that they're, they should be on with you. Yeah. And there's just nothing worse too than going through a spiel and then realizing that you didn't help the other person because you didn't pause to figure out what they actually wanted to know. Dude, how many calls have we been on together with other people selling us? And it's been like a oh my gosh. disaster. The people talking nonstop and not answering questions. Like literally, I remember like one time we were on a call and I was on mute for 30 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, we didn't buy. We didn't buy. We hung up the phone. We were like, he should hire us to learn how to do sales because he doesn't get it. Yeah. You know, so answering the wrong questions. So talking too much, answering the wrong questions. It's the third thing. The third thing, this is pretty counterintuitive, but the third mistake that people make that gets in the way of their sales is caring about the outcome. Mm, what does that mean? Ooh, it means a lot. It means caring whether the person says yes or no. So this is a major, if I have an Achilles heel that took me the longest time to figure out it was this one because I'm a naturally emotional person. It's kind of true, but it's like the joke that like Chris holds the business together and I'm constantly like jumping out windows and... <laughs> You know, don't do it, bro. But I mean, I am more emotional than you are. You're like steady, constant, and I'm more, you know, just emotional about things, which is good for sales. If you can figure out how to not care about the outcome and not be emotional in these calls. So the biggest lesson here is just staying in diagnostic frame and really staying there through the whole call. I'm never trying to get anyone to do anything Mm -hmm. ever. I take notes when, when we do calls and when, when my team does calls, like I have a yellow notepad paper pad that I take physical handwritten notes on. And I don't take them on a computer. I don't take them on Evernote. I stay very focused and take them on that. And there are piles of notes where I'm writing at the top, don't want it, or I don't know if he's going to close. I'm forcing myself to stay out of that thinking of like, he's a great fit, like I want him to close. You know what I mean? Because that means you start leaning in with the way we do all of our sales is we constantly lean out where we're trying to just diagnose and help the person figure out what they need to do. So you think about the doctor, everybody, people have talked about this before, but if you go to the doctor and you have a, if you're sick, or you have a cold or something, mm-hmm. they're just diagnosing and telling you what you need to do to fix it. Yeah. They're not pleading with you and begging you to take the medicine. If you don't take the medicine, well, you're an idiot. Like you can get sick and die. Right. But the doctor is not trying to force you to do anything, you know? And so this is kind of where we get that diagnostic frame is like, when you're on a call and you're talking to someone and you're asking the questions, make sure that you stay in that doctor's frame of, I just need to know the symptoms and I need to know what they're doing and what's causing this issue so I can tell them what to do to fix it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. 
All right. So this is a big one. Everybody says that you should assume the clothes. What do you think? I think they're idiots. <laughs> I think that's why they're all a scam. Tell us how you really feel. They're all a scam. <laughs> it's all a scam. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this might work for some people. And you got to understand, like, we, we, if, you know, our morning formula and everything is about visualizing what we want and we're passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Every single morning starts with me waking up and visualizing my goals and looking at my, my morning formula and like picturing all of this happen. But when it comes to sales, I'm the exact opposite. I never assume the close. It is not my job to close anyone or to sell anyone. It is mm-hmm. only my job to tell someone why what they're experiencing is happening and give them the, give them the chance to fix it if they want to. Yeah. And so every time I've assumed the close ever, the person hasn't, hasn't come through. And I think that this is a philosophical thing as much as anything else that like people can kind of feel it in your tone of voice that when you assume the clothes, you start wanting it and it goes back to the other one. The more you assume the clothes, the more you care about the outcome and therefore the, you know, the less effective you become at diagnosing. Yeah. So there's, again, with my notes, one of my new guys that I'm training right now is thinks that this is crazy, but he's starting to close because he's using this. It's like, I'll write on the piece of paper. I don't think this person's going to close because that keeps me really zoomed out. And then they yeah. come through and they close. And so assuming the close is not a good thing. You know, that's if you want to build your business like a car, auto dealer, or an MLM, then you should assume the close. Mm-hmm. If you want to sell valuable, high ticket, high value services or consulting, don't assume the close. It's good. So here's something that a lot of people have a different opinion on. Should you use a script or should you not? You want to know what I think? Yes. I always use a script. I think to not use a script is to let yourself be a little bit random. Are there some days when you wake up and you feel really sharp and savvy and you're like on top of it and you're just clear? Yep. Are there some days when you wake up and you're kind of tired and dragging and you forget stuff? Yes. So do you really want the lifeblood of your business, which is how you handle these calls, to be predicated on how you feel? No. All right. So the people that like say you shouldn't use a script, they're either waking up every day on fire or I could look at their income statements and it goes up and down like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So I don't ever go word for word on the scripts. And when we take clients and we listen to calls from our clients and we, our program is so inclusive that we basically force people to master this. Yeah. And it's awesome. And people feel like free for the first time ever. But when we teach kind of sales, like it's not that you follow script word for word and you're like, hi, Chris, my name is Taylor. How are you doing? You know, it's still loose, but it's a roadmap and it's kind of reminding you to hit certain points. Keeps you consistent. Just keeps you consistent. And make sure that they're getting the same version of Taylor every time rather than, you know, Taylor's in a bad mood today. So we forgot part of the script. Taylor's in a good mood. So we nailed it. You know, that's kind of my, my thought on that. Yeah. It's amazing how many people have come in and worked with us and have, just like you said, I just want to go back to that real quick. You know, how they're completely refreshed with our process because so many people, they just hate sales. They're so turned off by, quote, selling. And so yeah. coming into our process, it's like a breath of fresh air. Totally. Why Absolutely. is that? Because we're not selling, we're leading. Leadership. It's totally different. It's, you know, there's a good percentage of people, probably upwards of 60% of people that will come through and apply to work with us and will say, you know, based on what you've told me, like, I don't think that becoming a client is the greatest fit for you, but here's a recommendation. And people are freaking blown away. <laughs> it's sad that when you're authentic and honest, people are shocked. That's yeah. a sign that the market is turning crummy. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what I'm, that's part of our mission 
is to kind of balance that out. And we have screenshots of emails and videos from people who never became clients, but they were like, just like, dude, the fact that you were honest with me just like just means the world. Yeah. You know, that's a different way of selling to most people. Most people are teaching you how to be high pressure and like, well, Chris, you told me this and your family is going to start if you don't do this. So like, what are you going to do? Do you not care? Do you really, did you lie to me on this script? It's like, dude, <laughs> freaking back out, you know, basically like, hold a knife to your throat. Yeah. High pressure sales. Yeah. And, uh, and we're the opposite, man. Like we are people centric, people focused. And, um, it sounds crazy, but you should just hop on and call it this because it's, it's pretty refreshing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the last thing, how do people sharpen their skill mm. and close higher percentage? Well, it always helps when you have someone kind of working with you and holding your hand through it. Obviously, that goes without saying. But the biggest thing I think that people don't focus on is opportunity volume. The only way to get better, see, there, are two, there are two sides to this coin. The first is close rate, win rate, some people call it. And the other is opportunity volume. And a really high win rate with very low opportunity volume isn't good. Right. You know, likewise, like a really bad win rate with a really high opportunity volume isn't the greatest either. So break, so that, break that down what that means. So win rate would be like out of how many, you know, out of 10 people you talk to, what percentage of those people are saying, you know what, this is, this is a good thing. I'm going to move forward and become a client. That's your win rate. So, you know, I'll, I'll, my win rate will be, you know, I mean, our clients go, it's up and down, but anywhere from 20 to 40% of people they talk to you become clients, which is really good. But then if you're 20% and you only have three leads a month, then you're screwed. You don't have enough opportunity volume. So the other half of this is opportunity volume, making sure that you know, the only way to hit your goals here is to have enough people coming through the pipeline that you can make offers to. So clients will be like, well, I had a bad week. I only made five grands and I just really don't know what's going on. Like my mindset's suffering. And, and I'm like, well, how many... <laughs> how many offers did you make? They're like one. <laughs> and how many sales did you get? One. Okay. So you closed a hundred percent last week. So we're okay. Well, that's why, you know, they didn't have enough people to talk to you. Yeah. And so I think it's opportunity volume. That's, that's the way you get good. You know, you look at the calls that we've done, done over 2000 calls and multiple millions of dollars in revenue. But how many of you know, like the first couple calls were pretty rough, but there had to be enough volume there to keep going and get better and master it. And that's what people really need to dial into. Yeah. And it's amazing how people stop short of that too. Yeah. Sure. So true. Cool. So talking about the opportunity thing, how do people get more opportunity? Well, check it out. Oh. Next week, we're going to talk about opportunity volume. We're going to talk about traffic and what you need to do to hit your opportunity volume. How many, how to set up calls from paid traffic, how to get your paid traffic working. And uh, we're going to listen to the master himself. Mm. on how to set up high ticket, how to do high ticket traffic, which is a little bit different than, you know, the typical, like just run a million dollars in ads and stuff. You got to be sniper sharp. Yeah. Some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are currently a great salesman and you're capped, you don't have enough opportunity and you have to tune in next week. Or if you're working on it and you need that opportunity to start sharpening your skills, you need more opportunity to come into the door. Then you need to go on this podcast next week. Or the next one. Next podcast. Yeah. So if this is helpful, what do they do? Well, they need to go to the old iTunes, give us a review, let us know what's going on with that. And we have a cool little bundle gift for you guys, just for you, our faithful podcast listener. You guys are our favorite people. Don't tell everyone else. Don't tell anybody else. But you guys are our favorite. Trafficandfunnels.com slash gift. G-I-F-T. 
<laughs> Not G-Y-F-T, G-I-F-T. I got your back. Cool. Got back. All and right, then we next week. You guys. See you guys next week. See ya. This is the podcastfactory.com.